The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. MLB show. Here are your hosts, the luckiest men on the face of the earth, Chase Fedorsky and Bryce Holden. Welcome to episode 217 of the Underdog Sports Baseball Show with Bryce Holden. My name is Chase Fedorsky. Happy Memorial Day to everybody listening. Listening, and usually Bryce is the one to deliver the history lessons on a holiday, um, but I'm going to take the reins on that one today because there is a big baseball tie-in to Memorial Day and the concept of remembering the troops. Obviously, we all love Memorial Day. Um, I think especially if you're an adult, you get Monday off from work. And a lot of companies Friday. And a lot of companies Friday. I'm unfortunately not that lucky. But remember the fact that I think uh, Ryan Spader, who we mentioned on the podcast a lot, he he tweeted this out, and I'm paraphrasing it, but, you know, he he basically said, when you light that girl up Monday, when... You crack that cold beer open with your friend. You're sitting outside in a backyard or a pool. Just remember what the holiday is for. It's to remember the troops that, you know, fought and passed away in the wars over the years. You know, from baseball perspective, baseball has been very fortunate that they didn't lose a ton of players uh, in the armed forces. But you look at, you know, from the late 30s all the way up through the early 50s, some of the greatest guys to ever play baseball. I mean, Yogi, Ted Williams is a decorated war hero. Joe D served. Uh, Hank Greenberg served. So there's the baseball tie in there. But again, remember on this holiday, it's beautiful out today. Get outdoors, hang with your friends, but just take a second to remember uh, why we're celebrating. And along those lines, look up the numbers that Ted Williams put put up despite the fact that he missed not one, not two, not three, but five years to armed service and volunteering. Um, absolutely incredible career there. Our Memorial Day, a little bit less fun. Uh, we are moving out of our apartment this Thursday, so we are in packing mode. Uh, if you were in our apartment right now, you would see a bunch of boxes stacked on top of a futon, uh, and our shelves are a little bit, a little bit less full. Uh, I packed a lot of bobbleheads up. Bryce said, "Did you leave the Jeff McNeil on purpose?" And I said, "No, it wasn't a slight. You know me. I actually am a big Jeff McNeil guy. Uh, I've had him in fantasy. I think the past three years, and his brother is going to be in a wedding with me in the fall. Random Jeff McNeil fact." Uh, but the bobbleheads are packed. We're going to be packing today. Probably going to have to turn the AC on soon because it's going to get sweaty. Just let me know. But uh, all that said, happy Memorial Day to everybody listening. And uh, we're going to come at you with our usual brand of baseball content. So we will start with our BovadaSportsbook.com picks of the week. Let's go with... We're going to go with this Rangers-Tigers game, and there's a reason for that. Uh, it's minus one and a half, minus one ten, minus one seventy six for the Rangers. Plus one and a half, minus one ten, plus one forty eight for the Tigers. I'm taking Rangers uh, minus one and a half, minus one hundred. Here is my own over under that I'm setting though. Nate of all these, one of our players of the week. He just had a second complete game this last week in his past five starts. We were talking with each other when we were at the Yankees game yesterday that if the season ended today, we both agree Evaldi or McClanahan would win the Cy Young. At a minimum, Evaldi's finishing as the runner-up. Uh, it's really emerged as that ace the Rangers need to hit the shit out of the ball. Uh, but with DeGrom hurt, he's you know stepped up to be that unequivocal number one for that team. Over under seven and a two-thirds innings for Nate Evaldi tonight. 
Wow. Or today, it's at one ten. The game's in an hour and a half, but seven and two thirds. I think you almost have to take the under as great of a run as he's on. <laughs> I was I'm I was playing MVP baseball. We were playing against I was playing against you. It's hard to hit in Comerica. Big park. I think I gotta take I uh, You don't think they made any adjustments to Comerica in the last twenty years? I don't know the answer. I'm talking, I, honestly, I'm talking out loud right maybe now. Maybe they have, but I don't know if they moved fences in. I think they, they no, they can't. I'm gonna take. I'll take the over on the mystery chase over. On here. Speak, or I'll take a push. Speaking of deep dives or deep parks, I want us to take a deep dive uh, in a park for next week on the dimensions of the old Marlin Stadium because yeah. we were playing yesterday and it was 434 to center. That's really. Really deep, and I know they had the likes of Juan Pierre patrolling center field. They were good defensively, but they needed a four thirty four to center. It's a bomb dot com shot. Yeah, that was that. That was a big part. I what was the word you gave using cavernous? Yes, I think that's a word, right? Cavernous is a word also. Sometimes I pronounce words funny. Cavernous. I liked cavernous. Yeah, like that's Lavernius cold. Sounds exactly. Let's go with a good pitching matchup. Twins versus the Astros. Twins with Sonny Gray on the mound. J.P. France for the Astros. Sonny Gray is a guy that when we were actually talking about the Cy Young race yesterday, neither of us brought up, but he's got to be right in the mix. Another guy I'd probably have in front of Cole. After yesterday, yeah. Um, But that could change today because going to Houston is not a great place for pitchers. Plus 1.5, minus 146, plus 104 for the Twins. Minus one half, plus one sixty two, minus one twenty two for the Astros. I like over eight, minus one ten. I think Sonny gets hit hard. I actually think that's a solid enough line on uh, even what's the Astros' money line? Minus one twenty two. That's not I, I. I'd take that, even though I really don't like when Sonny Gray does poorly for my fantasy baseball team. All right, last but not least, we're gonna go with Angels and the White Sox. Griff Canning for the Angels, Michael Kopech for the White Sox. Plus one and a half, minus one seventy eight, plus one sixteen for the Angels. Minus one and a half, plus one forty six, minus one thirty six for the White Sox. I think the White Sox. Uh, I think Kopech stays hot. Minus one thirty six. Plus, is that no? Nope. Oh, that's minus minus one thirty six. Favorites in this game. Here is going to be my Bavada over under for the game. Uh, Kopech, this past two starts has gone seven plus, hasn't given up a run. Over under one and a half earned runs allowed, and then I have a follow up. So we're almost we're approaching June, and now watching the Angels. This is where in years past I've lost a lot of money thinking the Angels are due for a win. I feel like the Angels are about to embark on a very long losing streak, and we're going to have a summer of Otani trade rumors. So I will take the over just because one and a half is not a lot of runs. Follow-up question. Over, under, six and a third innings for Kopech. Under. I'm pulling these out of my ass in case, in case that's unclear to the listener. I'm making these up. As I think we he's go. gonna go six innings. I think he's gonna have a quality start. Six innings three yards. Okay. AL East going in the standings. Rays 39 and 16, four up on the Orioles. Yanks 32 and 23, seven back. Red Sox 28 and 25, 10 back. Toronto at 28 and 26, 10 and a half back. We want to do some Yankee talk in a second, but uh, first, just to paint the picture of the AL East. Rays have the best record in baseball. Orioles have the second best record in baseball. Three, four, five, six. Yanks have the seventh. Red Sox have the ninth. Blue Jays are all the way down at 15. So the Blue Jays had a tied with the Marlins and the Angels. I got to play closer attention to the standings. Good for the Marlins. So Blue Jays. just beat the shit out of the Angels. So the Blue Jays, you know, kind of 
lollygagging in the back there, but I think this is going to have to be a weekly feature, where the AL East ranks amongst Major League teams. Uh, right now, it's four of the top nine teams in baseball are in the AL East. It's going to be a fun summer. Yeah. I, the, but the Baltimore thing is the biggest surprise, I think. I almost think you have to look, just looking at these whole standings, the one, two, three. I mean, if you had told me on Memorial Day that the top three records in baseball would be the Rays, Orioles, and the Rangers. The Rays, I would have said, yeah, they got smoke and mirrors. The Orioles, I would have said, okay, they really took a leap. But then them followed by the Rangers, I would have said, all right, you're fucking with me now. Rangers, I would have said, oh, so DeGrom's the best pitcher in baseball again. Correct. And instead, it's been Nasty Nate, Nate Evaldi. Um, going back to the AL East, though, it's an interesting It's interesting because the Rays kind of had a mixed bag week. Toronto played well against them, and then the Rays came out, looked pretty good against the Dodgers, uh, beat Kershaw, won in a, a wild 11-10 game yesterday. Uh, and the big thing for Tampa is... Gotta love the Dodgers, 8.30 uh, a.m. local pitch. What an absolute joke. But, hey, you gotta sell some Peacock subscriptions. I just think for this Rays team, I look at the landscape of the AL East, and, and I know their lineup is what it is. I mean, look, at the end of the day, they have two studs. Wander and Arroz Arena are studs, and, you know, the rest, they the Rays are going to ray. I just, if the two guys are on in the entire American League, unless Carlos Rodon comes back and pitches like Rodon lights out or DeGrom is fully healthy, I just don't see who has a one-two that's going to match up with Glass now and Shane McClanahan. I should actually reverse that. McClanahan and Glass now. In the AL? Well, if you're be- Glass now yeah, is a huge injury concern. I think he's healthy. I-, I really do think the Tommy John surgery, part of it was some of those new rules last year and the abbreviated spring training really fucked with him. So now he's going to have to go in cold to a pitch clock era? He had some minor league tune-ups. He looked good. He had eight strikeouts against the Dodgers. They're no joke. I, who are you, is he that? I don't. I don't think he's that much healthier than Degrom. Of the three, of the three teams that I think match up well with them, I would say the Yankees if it's Cole and Rodon, and that's generous right now, and the Rangers if it's Degrom and Evaldi. And of the three, of each team has their own wild card. I think he's the healthiest of the three wild cards. I'll, I'll concede that. You're going to have that. <laughs> uh, and for the Yanks, weird week. I mean, Wednesday, they were on cruise control against Baltimore. And they get to the seventh. Nestor gives up a few runs, gave up an eight-run seventh inning. Took two or three against the Padres, though. I, I, my big concern, though, and we were talking about it at the game yesterday, is just this Yankee rotation in general. I mean, Cole gave up two more home runs yesterday. The long ball's been a real problem after he didn't give up any to start the season. Sevy's looked good, but Sevy's a house of glass waiting to be, you know, blown through by a storm. Not the safest of wild cards. Not the safest of wild cards. You know, are you going to say Clark Schmidt's going to turn a corner? He's looked good, but I'm not going to rely on that. Herman's a cheater. Herman's coming back today, but, you know, got caught cheating. I, to me, the big concern is Nestor. He just can't pitch out of the fifth inning. And he may be more so than anybody in baseball. Looks like he's been affected with the pitch clock just because he can't do the Nestor shenanigans, for lack of a better phrase, that made him such a fan favorite. Uh, there are a lot of question marks with the Yankees, but the Nestor, Nestor was an all-star last year. Like a very deserving all-star. And he looks like a... Uh, he looks like a three-starter now. Generously. Generously. Or he looks like a guy that you go five innings and goes to the bullpen. 
And the way this team is constructed, they can't afford to have him be that guy. No, he needs to. But they, they did look good against the Padres. Like, the offense was good. The offense looked great the past two days. Friday was no bueno, but yesterday the bats uh, came out I'm alive. I'm 3-0 in Yankee games I've been to, so maybe I'm just going to have more positive on the season. Than I'm in four. I can't complain. I think it's because I go to – yeah, it's because I go to so many games and I'm a little bit more pessimistic. Sometimes I wish the Yankees could play in the AL Central. Uh, the Twins are 27-26, and 26, one up on the Tigers, who are 25-26. and 26. Guardians are three and a half back. The White Sox went six and four last week and are now only six back. Uh, and the Royals are 16 and 38, 11 and a half back there. Are the Tigers going to fuck around and win this division? They might. I don't know how. I guess it's a lot on Hinch. I think we're seeing, uh, we've talked about, I'm, I'm, the Twins, I ultimately think the Twins will win this division just because I still think the pitching is too good. I mean, between Pablo Lopez, Joe Ryan, Sonny Gray, that's a good one, two, three. Yeah. Like, that's a one, two, three. You go into a playoff series and you feel good about. Bullpen still deep with um, Jorge Lopez and Duran. Correa is going to eventually start hitting, you would think. The biggest concern, if I'm a fan in this division, and I think it's a credit to how good of a manager Tito was last year, it just kind of shows the Guardians won 90 games last year. I'm not going to say smoke and mirrors because they had their system. It was small ball and good pitching. But I think this year is showing that in modern baseball, it's very hard to sustain a model of success by doing that. Cleveland's biggest problem is their all-star MVP candidate players played like an average. And Bieber doesn't strike any guys out. Not that I'm a bitter fantasy owner. Their Cy Young winner and their MVP candidate are average. But if those guys turn around, they're three and a half out. If we do this podcast next week and they're tied for the division lead, you're going to bat an eye? Here's another bravado over-under for you. 83 wins for the winner of the AL Central. Over. That seems too low. Does it? The first place team's one game over 500 right now. It's early. We're third of the way down. It's early. They're literally on pace to win 83 games. It's early. Fair enough. All right. Rangers, 33 and 19. Two up on the Strohs. Mariners, 28 and 25. Five and a half back. Angels, 10 and 46 back. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. The A's are 10 and 45. For that means if you're keeping track at home, they are on pace to win 30 games. It's 29 now. 29 games. The record for the fewest wins in a season is the 1962 expansion Mets led by Hall of Famer Casey Stengel. Uh, they had a hundred they had 42 wins. They went 42 and 120. Oh, I I don't even know what to say at this point. Like, the fact that this team is being rewarded with a move and a new stadium is pretty pitiful, even though it had to be done. Uh, But this, to me, is the most concerning. And it's hilarious. But the fact that the A's PR staff is putting out stuff like this. About the A's. Season-high 10-game losing streak, which is the eighth losing streak of 10 or more games in Oakland history. Also lost 10 straight last year from May 30th to June 10th. Lost the first two games of this series and now lost each of the last six series um, and are 1-16-0 in season play. This is That was about the A's. I'm not going to read it all. This is four openers. The A's are scheduled to use an opener for the second consecutive game and third times this year. Their openers are 0-1 with a 9 ERA, and the main pitchers in those games are 0-1 with a 5-8-7 ERA, and they've lost both games. 
the one-third mark. The A's are in their 54th, played their 54th game of the season yesterday, which is the one-third mark of the season. They're on pace to go 30 and 132, and the losses would be the second most in Major League history to the 1899 Cleveland Spiders. Ace pitchers are on pace to set A's record for highest DRA, most runs, most home runs, most hits batters, and fewest saves in an Oakland records for most walks. I get it. Like, this is funny if, like, you and I were to compile it, but the fact that a team's own PR team is putting this out shows they not only lost the fans, it seems like they're losing everybody inside the building. And I do feel bad. You mentioned it last, uh, this week when we were talking about the A's. I feel bad for Mark Coste because good guy paid his dues to be the manager of the team that he played for, and this is an unwinnable situation for him because this isn't going to get better anytime soon. They're, um, this is why other prof- other countries have relegation in sports. The A's feel like they should be re- relegated. at this. They, they're not winning any games. Over the course of 162 games, if you can't win 30, you really don't deserve anything. I mean, for context right now, the A's, the A's are on pace to win 30 games. The Rays, Orioles, Yankees, Rangers, Astros, Braves, Dodgers, and Diamondbacks. So 40% of Major League Baseball has already eclipsed what the A's are on pace to win for this season. It's early, though. I, that's, and I don't think they're going to get better. No. Their one silver lining is uh, your boy, Estri Ruiz. He steals a lot of bats. Thank God he's the only good part of my fantasy team. The real problem is, at the end of the day, Ruiz, I actually give them credit. I, I gave the Sean Murphy trade a lot of shit. It's still not great that they didn't get a top catcher out of that, but they at least got Ruiz. So you get the guy who's going to lead baseball in steals and... We were looking through his numbers the other day. It's like a 340 on base, like 280 average, so it doesn't kill you elsewhere. It's the fact that the Olsen trade, they didn't really... I mean, you could go so far back as the Donaldson trade. They've traded these stars, which is fine and can be sustainable, but you have to hit on the prospects they get back, and they just haven't done that. I, it doesn't matter. You go the Donaldson trade, Brett Lowry didn't pan out. We traded for... Lowry summer. wasn't a prospect at that point. Lowry was supposed to be like... 75% at Donaldson. Yanks traded the Sonny Gray trade. Caprillion that never panned out. Jorge Mateo's great, but he's good for the Orioles. I don't know if... Uh, I mean, Dustin Fowler shattered his legs. So I'll give him a pass. But point being, they just... Uh, they made these trades and it just hasn't panned out at all. And it's consistent. And if I'm Billy Beam, it's time to say goodbye. Don't attach, don't attach your legacy and your resume to this nonsense at this point. That's... But it's I, I, it, it's part of his legacy. Of course. I mean, you can't you can't reside over a team this long, have this, and just ignore it. Yep. It's not, and he, he never won a championship. Like at the end of the day, he never won the ring. He never got open to the World Series. So was the whole Moneyball experiment a failure out there, or is it just never destined to work? I mean, if the owners aren't going to put money in this team, it's it's not going to work. It's like I was watching Suits yesterday, as you know, and today I was I watched a lot of the show Suits lately, and there's a scene where they do the Moneyball play, and then at the end they go. Shit, I forgot one important piece of money, but what? They don't win at the end. <laughs> no, they don't. Which is... They, they don't win, and they also don't mention in the movies. I mean, baseball fans know that they had Zito, Mulder, Hudson. The year that Moneyball took place, they had the MVP and the Cy Young in the same season. I don't think either were mentioned in the movie. That's been done at most a handful of times. Not, not including years where one player won both. Don't be wise asses, people. Moving to the National League, Braves, 32-21. and 21. Four and a half, I, I'm shocked. So if the season ended today, the Marlins would be in the playoffs. Yeah, they just swept the Angels. 
All right, they're a half up on the Marlins. Mets, 500. Phillies, 25 and 28. Nats, even the Nats, 23 and 30. That's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. They're four back in the wild card column. Braves, um, I was going to say it for the injury news because I wanted to end the injury news on a positive note, but very happy to see Mike Soroka's pitching today for them. That guy's been through a lot the past couple years. Just another talent for that team. Yep, it's like, up. Oh, all right, Freed and Kyle Ryder on the injury list. Great, we'll bring Soroka back. Hope for the best. I guess looking at the National League, and again, we're we're through what we're through at this point, but Skip Schumacher, Bavada favorite for NL Rookie of the Year right now? Or NL Rookie of the Year, NL Manager of the Year? Has, um, Lavello also. Yeah, I like both of those guys too. But either way, two, uh, two good ones. Two likable guys, two good former players, people I enjoy. NL Central, Brewers, 28-25. and 25. I guess you have to also include Derek Shelton in the conversation, even though they've cooled off. One and a half, one and a half uh, back are the Pirates, 26-26. Reds, 24-29, four back. Cardinals, 24-31, five back. Cubs, 22-30. All right, so basically I think the NL manager of the year is going to come down to which team over – I mean, it's always the manager of the year, but Shelton's got to be in contention. If the Reds finish 500, I think David Bell has to be in contention. They're not going to finish. Moral of the story is it's not going to be Ollie Marmel. But Cardinals, 24-31, only four back. I I, think they're going to win the division. But but I think it's going to be less because of their skill and the fact that if you play baseball in the Central, you're a best 500 team this year. Sometimes you get manager of the year by being dominant. Sometimes you get it from outperforming expectations. This will be an outperforming expectations year. Dodgers, 32-22, one and a half up on the D-backs, 30-23. I think if the season ended today, you'd have to give it to Lavello. That team being thirty and twenty-three. Giants seven and three get back over five hundred twenty-seven to twenty-six. Padres seven and a half back twenty-four and twenty-nine. Rockies twenty-four and thirty-eight back. All right, here's going to be our exercise. Just to, and this will be my last thought on the A's. The Rockies, probably outside of Oakland, the team we bashed the most in the past two years. The Reds were bad, but we've never bashed the Reds though. Like the Reds. The Reds have gone for it, and then it just didn't work out. The Rockies signed Chris Bryant, which made no sense. We bashed the Rockies. They have over double the amount of wins that the A's have. Other than Kyle Freeland, I would say the casual person could have named one pitcher on the Rockies, and I don't blame them. It's very difficult. They have 14 more wins than the A's. Everyone in the league outside the Royals has more than double the wins of the A's. Yeah. Oh, wait. Nope, that was the A's again. They're terrible. I mean, it's just it's a it's a glaring mark and a wild card. The National League is going to be fun this year. Um, I mean, looking, I guess the American League too. I mean, right now you have two, four, four teams within three and a half games. National League though, you have basically every. Is this is this the whole National League is within four and a half games? Mm-hmm. Sick. Let's get weird. And they got teams like, you have the two teams in the NLCS last year that are two and three out. Yeah. And the Mets were a playoff. That's not, I don't think that those three teams currently, what do you think Bovada has it right now that the three teams currently in in a wildcard position all make it? Plus a thousand at least. The D-backs, I think, could make it. All of them could make it. Because, well, you know what it is? The D-backs have that good, young, exciting lineup, but. Gal and Kelly won too. The gallon Kelly won, too. Shout out to Kelly. You won me a bunch of money yesterday. And I've actually been pretty good for my fantasy team. He's been like the inverse of Trey Turner. Like, I took Kelly because it's like, oh, you balled out for USA. The difference, I did, obviously, I took Trey number one because of that. 
difference is Kelly, when he did it in like the 12th round, it's much easier payoff. Keeper option. Mm. No, because I just traded for my guy, Mitch Keller. We're officially a Mitch Keller podcast. I know I mentioned that, but I, I pulled the, I traded the Grom straight up for him. We're all in on the Mitch Keller bandwagon. Mitch Keller, if you're listening, please God for my own sanity. Keep it up. Uh, league leaders, run scored, Ronald Acuna, 48 runs scored. He's got 11 homers right now and 22 steals. And I've read multiple articles this week about they think he's going to have a 40-60 season. Doesn't that seem a little premature? You have to get red hot from the homer standpoint. 40-60. You probably should have taken him number one. I should have just taken Judge. <laughs> I mean, that's the answer. Bo Bichette, 78 hits. I'd like to make a proclamation. I said it to you yesterday when we were at the game. I know everybody loves Vlad. Bo Bichette's the best player on that team. Whoa. And right now, I don't think it's close. Yeah. I know Vlad had the great MVP season, MVP runner-up season, but the two seasons sandwiched between them were not good. Bichette's on pace to lead the American League in hits for the third straight year, and nobody's talking about it. <laughs> Nobody is talking about it. I didn't realize it three in a row for him. It would be three in a row that he leads the league in hits. Not nothing. Not nothing. Doubles leader is Freddie Freeman, 22. Triples leader, Brandon Marsh. Uh, Cattell Marte, Nemo, Rosario, Witt with four apiece. Home run leader, Polar Bear Pete. Pete's on pace for 60. Imagine if we in New York had back-to-back 60 homer seasons. I'd, I mean, I'd root for Pete at that point. Mostly just because he's just going to be humping everybody. Yeah, I got to stop with the horniness. What people. a weird celebration. RBI's leader, uh, Adalas Garcia. Shout-out to Adalas Garcia. Not going to give any more shout-outs involving Adalas Garcia. That's going to be the only one. But uh, he's leading baseball in RBIs and assists. He's very good. Very good player. Walks leader, uh, Juan Soto with 50. We watched Soto. Well, you watched him more than I did, but I saw an AB yesterday. Uh, rumors of his demise were greatly exaggerated. You made the right point that a 261 average is still low. Um, but when you have a 422 on base and a 928 OPS, 261 is an average you can live with. Yeah. Stolen base leader, uh, S3 Ruiz, 27. My guy. Average, Arias, 376. Still good. 433 on base. Also still good. Judge, 633 slugging. Uh, 1.041 OPS. Yandy Diaz. He does this every year. Not I, this good, but he's always like, how? why is Yandy Diaz so good? I, I, in our OBP league, he's outstanding. So I guess right now, the MVP race of the American League, I would say... Judge, Jordan, Otani, Otani, Bichette, Bichette, and then I think we've talked about how the Rays would need to have a rep. I, I pretty clearly to me looks like it's Yandy just looking at the numbers right now. And a 327, 429, 612 slash line. That's 12 homers. No, he, 12 homers, 30 ribbies. People, does, people and, like him. And Marcus Simeon. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, now I'm insulted by myself that I didn't even get him in there. Pitching side of things, Sonny Gray, 1.82 ERA. Wins, uh, McClanahan, 8-0. Complete games, Avaldi with two. Sa- now. Saves, Emmanuel Class, 17. Innings pitch, Garrett Cole, 73 and two-thirds. Strikeout, Strider, 106. We'll talk about his strikeout history in a bit. Whip, still Tyler Wells, 0.84. Average against Otani, 155. Otani's good. He's probably going to win the MVP. Unless that team just goes off a cliff. I'm telling you, I the more I think about it, the more I feel good about my 
they give Otani the Cy Young as the consolation prize for him not winning the MVP pick. Look at that top five and average against. I mean, Tyler Wells, that's ridiculous. Strider makes sense. Merle's good, not that good, and Kopech's always had the stuff. There's nothing that drops out to me. It's like, oh my god. Kopech actually pitching well is... Always has had the potential. It's just never been healthy. Alright, players of the week. Uh, Craig Kimbrell. Eighth pitcher in MLB history to record 400 saves. Pitcher scoreless nine innings in the Philly 6-4 victory over the Braves Friday night at Truist Park. Joins Moe, Trevor Hoffman, Lee Smith, K-Rod, John Franco, Billy Wagner, and Kenley Jansen as the only pitchers in the club. Did it in his 730th appearance. Only Moe and... Oh, I got to see. <coughs> oh, my God. Bless you. Again. <coughs> okay. Back to the saves. And Hoffman uh, got there in fewer games. It's pretty cool that he got this against the Braves at Truist Park. That's when we knew the dominant, dominant Craig Kimbrell. Uh, he recorded his 200th career save uh, against the Braves, actually, in 2015 for the Padres. Got number 400 in Atlanta. We're going to talk about the, the big crux of one thing we want to talk about, because you texted it to me and then I read the article. Jason Stark had his Hall of Fame tier path, um, and we're going to talk about that amongst active players. And he had Kimbrell and Jansen basically in the um, – I'm going to see exactly. They used to be in the red zone club. The red zone is you need to do a little bit more to punch it in. What are your thoughts on that? His his take, which I, I enjoyed a lot, was I vote for Billy Wagner over these guys because at the end of the day, Wagner was dominant from start to finish. And with Jansen and Kimbrell, there were a bunch of bumps in between to the point that both of them do have a ring but weren't trusted by their teams to close out the World Series. I, that, that's, that last line... I don't like it. It doesn't... They weren't trusted for the last out of the World Series. That's kind of irrelevant. Nobody would ever make the case that Krimble was better than Chris Sale. There's a reason that they had Chris Sale out there. Chris Sale's always been their best pitcher. Chris Sale is better than Kimbrough. If you want to make the case for these two, I just think of Kimbrough... I I view Kimbrough more positively than Kenley. Oh, I agree. Well, he's more dominant. I mean, Kimbrough... Even in the Mo era, like Kimbrell, the first six, seven years in Atlanta, I think was unquestionably the best closer in baseball. Look, at the end of the day, the Bavada odds trend towards the fact that these will be the last 400 save closers ever. Just the way baseball is now with relief pitchers, more there's less, you know, defined closers that pitch. Um, so I don't know. I'm interested to see if these guys get in, but I agree with you. I think it's Kimbrell before Jans. But regardless, congratulations to Jan, uh, Craig Kimbrell on this achievement. Evaldi, as we said, complete game, one run, six hits and a walk, and a 6-1 win over the Pirates Tuesday. Uh, over his last five outings, Evaldi has averaged eight and a third innings with a .86 ERA. Living up to the moniker, Nasty Nate. He's really good. And you, I, I tried to kill him like Robbie Ray the other day, and you didn't like that. I just, I, I think Robbie Ray... Robbie Ray, the peak was obviously higher. The Cy Young. I just think Evaldi was more consistently good into this development. Like Evaldi was a big part of a Red Sox World Series team. He was a couple time All Star. Uh, he was good for us, honestly, yeah. in those two years. I just think there was more of a consistent track record. It's not. I'll put it this way: when Robbie Ray signed with the Blue Jays, I think it was very much a reclamation project. I don't think Evaldi was that. Fair. 
Both might end up winning a Cy Young, though. Johan Oviedo, uh, he this week joined the Immaculate Inn Club. Two Pirates, him and Colin Holderman, struck out Jonah Heim, Robbie Grossman, and Josh H. Smith on nine pitches against the Rangers. Shout-out to Luis Garcia in a 12-10 victory over the Royals Friday. He went 6-for-6 six six at the plate, four singles, two doubles, third player in franchise history to do so. Uh, he entered the game hitting 262, which saw his average jump 26 points to 288, youngest player ever with a six-hit game. That's good for the average. To me, the six-hit game is most impressive, not only because you went 6-for-6, six six, but that you get six at-bats. Score 12 runs, you're going to get a lot Not easy to get six at-bats. Uh, shout out to Jordan Alvarez. Two multi-homer games this week. Two homers, five ribbies versus the Brewers Monday. Two homers versus the A's Sunday. Bryce might tell me at some point that stats against the A's don't count, but for now, they do. <laughs> they do count. It's sad. But Jordan, I think Jordan and Judge are the two. Is your, We said Judge. Jordan might be the best hitter in baseball. Pure hitter, I think it could be Jordan. The difference is Judge is also an elite defensive player and steals bags, but um, certainly, I mean, him and Bryce probably the two Best lefty swings. Yeah. And Soto. I have to include Soto. Shout out to Brace's fantasy team. Hunter Green this week. Six no-hit innings against the Cubs and a 9 nothing victory. Tied his career high with 11 strikeouts. Only allowed two walks for his only base runners of the day. They only put the ball in the air three times. Lifted the ball out of the infield just twice. Uh, he threw his fastball 67 times. Average 98.3. Topped out at 100.5. It's the second time in his career that he pitched six innings and finished with zero hits allowed. The only other MLB pitcher to have two such starts in his first two seasons was Johnny Vandermeer when he threw back-to-back no-hitters in 1938. This is the thing with Hunter Green. We see how tantalizing the stuff is. He's just got to put it together for consistent stretches. But he's 23. He really fast. He just needs an off-speed pitch. Just give him one and he'll be... I mean, When he's on, he's on hit him. He's phenomenal. Luis Castillo this week, 2-0. Zero on runs allowed, 18 strikeouts, uh, the latter of which were had a, was a 10K outing in six innings uh, against the Pirates in a 5-0 win Saturday. Now, it's five scoreless outings of at least five innings pitched this year, which is tied with Drew Rasmussen and Kevin Gausman for the most in the majors so far this season. Another guy we're going to have to include in the Cy Young race. Another guy in the Bryce Fantasy team. That's why I said it's a Bryce Fantasy. I know, the back-to-back. Zach Wheeler, guy who broke my heart in fantasy. Eight scoreless, 12 strikeouts against the Braves, three hits, one walk. Not on Bryce's fantasy team, but one of his favorites on his reality team. Jorge Soler homered in five straight games last week. Second all-time for the Marlins, other than Giancarlo standing, hitting six in a row in 2017. Bavada had him as the, on the other section for lead the league in homers this year. He probably should have taken it. Um, the Blue Jays, they are game of the week. 20-1 to win against the Rays. Uh, it ended with Vladimir Guerrero hitting a grand slam in the ninth off of Luke Rayleigh. That's not even how it ended. That put him up by 14 in the ninth. Uh, all told, it was a 20-1 to game. 27 hits. George Springer, 4-5, for five, double short of the cycle. Bobachet and Vlad each had three hits. And Guerrero, Matt Chapman, and Jansen, uh, Danny Jansen each launched home runs. They're the first MLB team to score 20-plus runs on the road against a team with a 700-plus winning percentage since 1897. Yeah, I think the Rays shot an opener that night, and it just did not work. No. Nor did their closer, Luke Grayley. A lot of multi-homer games this week. Jonathan India versus the Cubs. Willie Castro versus the Blue Jays. Paul Goldschmidt versus the Reds. Um, I said J.D. Martinez versus the Braves. Austin Riley versus the Phillies. Glaber versus the Orioles. Jack Sawinski versus the Mariners. Bobby Witt versus the Nats. Matt Olson versus the Phillies. Chris Taylor versus the Rays. And Patrick Wisdom with the Reds. Patrick Wisdom. All right, let's talk Jason Starr. Try and trade him. You sent me a text of this, and I immediately was hoping Jason was going to write about it. So Jason Stark went on MLB Network this week 
and he gave his list of active players on a Hall of Fame highway. It was get back to me in five years, on a path, in the red zone, in right now. I guess should we start with the guys he has on the there was a path list? I think in right now and work backwards. Okay, I can do that. So in right now. We're not going to waste a ton of time on this one. Yeah. Trout, duh. Verlander, duh. Kershaw, duh. Um, Miggy, duh. <laughs> um, Greinke, less, uh, duh for us. Greinke's in. Here's here's the Greinke thing that Stark wrote. One of the 20 best starting pitchers of the live ball era. Everyone who's had his career is in except for Clemens and Schilling. Won a Cy Young, had another season. We talked about this last week where he had a 1-6-6 ERA and somehow didn't win a second. Two-time ERA champ, eight seasons on the pitcher war top 10 leaderboard, closing in on 225 wins and 3,000 strikeouts. Uh, his 1.17 whip is 10th in the live ball era amongst pitchers who face as many batters as him. That's a Hall of Famer. I agree. Yep, easy. Joey Votto. I don't know if Votto's in. I'm surprised he had Votto on the he's already in club. Um, here's the thing. I mean, this is how Votto, this is how he says it though. Seven-time leader in on-base percentage, uh, which only Ted Williams, Babe Ruth, Ty Cobb, and Roger Hornsby, as well as Barry Bonds have done it. His career slash line, 2,093 hits, 342 homers, 297, 412, 513. Um, every modern player who's done that is in the hall, except Todd Helton, who's probably going to get in this year, next year, Bonds, and Manny. These numbers paint the picture, but I still don't think Votto... I think Votto gets in. I don't think he's the slam dunk like... He just described them, though. No. Um, the Red Zone Club. Like Vado, I guess like Hilton's a fine comp for Vado there. Yeah. The Red Zone Club, Freddie. I think Freddie's going to be a first ballot all favor. I think Freddie's more compelling case than Vado right now. Goldschmidt, I feel the same way. Goldschmidt, let him play out another year or two. Goldschmidt is... And Vado getting in is only going to help him. I think Goldschmidt in the Red Zone is the right spot for him. Yeah. I mean, that lock, the MVP, I think, locked it up where it's he's going to make the All-Star team again this year. Everyone likes the guy type of thing. Um, Bryce Harper and Mookie. This is going to sound crazy. I have one in the red zone and one not in the red zone. You can guess which is which. Is the the one not in the red zone further away or already in? Further away. I almost think Harper's already in. Yep. I I love Mookie. Uh, Harper, and again, Mookie has the ring, which is big, but... Two. Two rings, true. I mean, Harper, seven-time All-Star, two-time MVP, Rookie of the Year, 288 home runs. NLCS MVP. NLCS MVP. I mean, the war isn't what Mookie's is, but I, I just don't know. I mean, Mookie's a guy, I mean, the 58.2 war is so defensive-driven. I don't know. I mean, now that I'm looking at Mookie's numbers, they're incredible. He just doesn't seem... Scre- six gold gloves, too. He just doesn't scream to me, for whatever reason, a guy that's going to waltz in. I think he'll get there, but he's not. I, I think he gets there. I wouldn't be worried about. It. I'd start like creating the platform. So here's the thing. I, there's a guy that they mention here that I would have above. Honestly, Harper and Mookie, and then below Freddie and Goldschmidt, and that's Arenado. He is Arenado and Machado paired together. I to, you shouldn't because Arenado's gonna. I, to, Arenado's a historic defender. Yeah, I, I mean to me. Machado's great, and even Mookie and Harper are great. And I know he doesn't have the you know the hardware these guys does, but if you're a ten time Gold Glove winner, ten straight to win a career, and you hit over three hundred homers, and this isn't like Andrew Jones where the slash line is bad, it's two eighty seven, three forty five, five thirty one. 
to me, he waltzes in. Like, he's in. He's the best defender of our generation. I mean, to me, right now, like, the if Nolan Arenado retired right now, I'd put the Bavada over-under for his Hall of Fame voting percentage at 80%, at least. I'd take the over. Yeah, I think he waltzes in. Looking elsewhere, now we have the On a Path Club. Um, Otani, I think it almost just sounds like to start, you can't do anything until a guy plays 10 years. And I kind of agree. We've had players. Otani's not in yet. He needs. To, he's not in. He hasn't played long enough. Judge on the path, I agree. I, he's just got to stay healthy. He hits 400-something home runs. He's captain of the Yankees. Maybe wins another MVP. Sure. Garrett Cole, same thing. Most likely just has to keep doing his thing, stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Ideally win a Cy Young. This is uh, Soto and Acuna. They're 24. They're young. I mean, the comparisons of Ricky Henderson and Ted Williams, too soon to tell. But they're both studs. Let's yep. see what happens when they hit 30. This is the most interesting guy, um, and I'm on the yes ledger. I'm a, I think he's already in. And it's Altuve. I think looking at his numbers, he's got to just get those up. To, he needs to play two, three more years and get the numbers up to 2,300 hits. So he needs another, in my opinion, in my estimation, a little under 400 hits. I think he's fine. He's the core of a dynasty. I 100% agree with you. I think voters, as we know, are petty, though. And I just think he needs to get those numbers up a little bit more to put him over the top. Where, I don't think he's going to... Where the trash can shit doesn't even come into the conversation. I could see the trash cans penalizing him for a year, but he's not going to be kept out of the coop, out of the hall. I mean, eight-time All-Star, two rings, MVP, three batting titles, six-time Silver Slugger. Yeah, I mean, I'd vote yes. I mean, he's going to finish his career in all likelihood with 22, 2300 hits, 200 plus homers, hit 300. Close to 300 steals. He might end up closer to 2500. Yeah, I mean, I vote yes. And everyone knows how I feel on the Astros. I wish there was a path club. DeGrom agreed. There is a path for DeGrom. I I just don't think he'll pitch enough. Uh, Wainwright, good guy club, but never won any hardware. And then the get back to me in five years club, Vladdy. I think Vladdy and Juan. To me, it's almost like you need to put Soto and Acuna in this club. Acuna's so much better. Acuna's unbelievable. No, I know what you mean. To me, though, like Vladdy and Wander shouldn't even be in this discussion yet. Yeah, fair. That's my point. Okay. Like, Vlad, again, he's like, why good. Why not add Julio? Or he's, add he's good, but like... And then used to be in the red zone. Jansen and Kimbrell. Uh, McCutcheon and Longo is interesting. I, mean, I don't know are, if Longo is ever in the red zone. Well, it just used to be, yeah. Uh, Longo, I think, again, it's like when he was a Ray, same with McCutcheon. Like, those guys did so much so early, and I think were very much helped by war and saber metrics to help prop up their case a bit. Um, and then Chris Sale, that's... Chris Sale knocking again. Chris Sale in his 20s, 103 and, 64, one, 103 and 62, 1.03 with 144 ERA+. Plus. He what, was, were, what were the Bovada Hall of Fame odds on Sale when the Red Sox won that World Series? Plus, honestly, like no more, no no less than plus two hundred. I mean, he still needs to pitch a lot, but he was that guy. Case not closed. Jose Ramirez, I don't know. He keeps playing this way. Um, JT, I think, could be interesting just because of how catchers are, but he's gonna need to do something. But at the same time, it's like if you give me one Hall of Famer in the post, Posey, Yadi, uh, Mauer, triumphant, it's Savvy. Salvi had a better It's the career. gold gloves with more homers and was World Series MVP. Correa, fuck him. <laughs> Moving on. 
Um, Rocco Bedelli, I, this isn't even so much an extension, I guess it's just news on his contract. Uh, it was reported in September of last year, it would be retained for 2023, but it wasn't clear if the club had picked up, uh, the options following his 2022 contract expiring. Um, but it's now announced that he's going to be the Twins manager through at least 2025. Mixed bag with Rocco, 101 and 61 in 2019, 36 and 24 in the shortened season, 73 and 89 in 2021, last year won 78 games. Uh, they're in first place in a bad central right now. I think Rocco's a pretty good manager, though. I, I would you keep could him. Ch- a change for the, would be just for the change, sake of change. No real reason to move off him at this point because I don't think. Barring a, they need a roster change to be a real World Series contender, and like just ride out the Rocco thing until you're ready to take the next step. Brewers news. I haven't had one of these sections in a bit. The Wisconsin, Wisconsin state legislator and Governor Tony Evers need to approve a plan to finance $448 million of long-term renovations at American Family Field, or perhaps the Brewers are moving to another city. That was an indirect message delivered by Rob Manfred Thursday on a visit to Milwaukee. Didn't explicitly say they might leave Milwaukee once the lease leaves in 2030, but he did tell reporters it's important a ballpark funding plan be promptly approved by government officials, citing the Oakland A's ballpark, the publicly owned Coliseum, as a cautionary tale. I'd be bummed that the Brewers left Milwaukee. I, it's going to make expansion a lot harder if the Brewers leave Milwaukee. Do you think Bud Selig would have gone after the Brewers like that, given his past ties to the franchise? No. This is where I'll give man for credit where credit's due. He goes after. He doesn't just go after some people. He goes after all of them. Um, and a big fan of the pod, or a big. I, I mean, I'd love if he was a big fan of the podcast. A player we're a big fan of on the podcast is back. Julio Tehran, major league contract with the Brewers. And his first start back looked good. Five innings pitch, one earned, five Ks versus the Giants. Welcome he's, back, Julio. He's going to keep him there. Good to have you there. Uh, more stadium news. Uh, more A's news, I guess. Uh, the A's and lawmakers in Nevada have reached a tentative agreement on a stadium funding structure. Looks like it's going to be $395 million in public funds. Um Nevada Governor Joe Lombardo has given a stamp of approval, formally announcing the tentative agreement in a press release. It must be so nice to be John Fisher. You own the Gap. You're a multi-billionaire. You spend no money on your team, and you get rewarded by getting to move to the Sin City and having the taxpayers give you $400 million towards a new stadium. Rich, get richer. A's did do one thing right, though. Uh, A's TV broadcaster Glenn Kuyper was fired on Monday. We covered a couple weeks ago the remark he made. No need to bring it up. Look, I don't want to see anybody to lose their job, but there's a difference between malicious intent and an honest mistake. And I don't know. I don't even know where I'm going. You just you have to be such a fucking moron to say what he said. Yep. And and it's one of those words. Read the comments. It's like we've said. That's one of those words that you don't just say casually. You're using that word because you use it otherwise. Yep. Aaron Boone got suspended one game Friday towards his reason towards his recent conduct towards umpires, served the suspension in the Yankees' 5-1 loss to the Padres. Thursday, he was ejected for the fourth time this season and second time in four days. He's going after umpire Edward uh, Masakaso uh, for arguing about the strike zone, accidentally spinning his face. So that, to me, is probably what triggered the uh, suspension. I watched this game. The strike zone was really bad. At what point, though, do you as a Yankee fan think Boone teeters on passionate and it's great that you support your players to, dude, you got to chill the fuck out. I don't really care. I don't think he's that good. No. It's kind of like, it's just kind of amusing at this point. Yeah, we knew that. 
Gary Sanchez, as quickly as he's arrived, he was gone. He was DFA after a week. Seven plate appearances in three games. Struck out in three of them. 167, 143, 167, slash line. This might be it for Gary. Which is amazing. I, I can't think of a, an all, a true all-star player. I mean, I'm sure if I really thought about it, we could. Oh, but sure, yeah. who just fell from grace that quickly. To just be out of the league like this, you don't see. At 30. It's not like he's old. He's 30. And he's at a position where there isn't a ton of... There aren't a ton of good catchers. Correct. Never decided. I, it was a combination of he never really committed to working on his defense. And the all-or-nothing approach works great when you hit 30 to 35 homers a year. When he, it was so fun when he first came out. Oh, my God. You remember when he started that fight against the Tigers? Didn't he? Like, he almost homered off a pitch out? I was at that game against Tampa. He almost hit. Yeah. It wasn't even a pitch out. They were trying to intentionally walk on him, and he took him to dead center, and it ended up being a sack fly. Hunter Dozier is playing out the third season of a four-year, $25 million deal. He was released by the Royals. Uh, the former first-round pick broke out in 2019. Uh, he hit a career-high 26 home runs. Looks like he was another product of the rabbit ball a la Aaron Hicks. Last year, uh, he had 222, 286, 384. This year, 183, 253, 305 career slash line. 31.9% strikeout rate. And you know it's bad when the Royals are willing to eat money. Yeah. I don't talk baseball cards much, but I thought this was worth uh, talking about for two reasons. One, because we love Andrew Jones and his family. But two, this is just shows how ridiculous the card injury is. Um, so in baseball, there's a product that Topps comes out with, uh, Bowman Baseball. And it's the first Bowman card for the 2023 draft class. It's the first baseball card I've ever produced more often than none. Within that, there's what's called a superfractor. It's the only one of that card made in the world, and it's signed. And Drew Jones... Um, Dave and Adam's Card World offered any collector who found the Drew Jones Super Factor a $250,000 bounty. And it was found. Uh, an Ohio collector found it. The catch is um, they gave the option of a $1 million bounty if he's selected into the Hall of Fame as a position player. I guess the two points I want to make here are one... Would you hope he makes the Hall of Fame for the one million, or just take two hundred fifty grand now for a guy who is still an A ball? And two, again, I know you're not really a collector. I would I, take the two hundred fifty grand now. I tangentially am collector. How insane is it that a guy who has played at most thirty games in the minor league that this card is fetching two hundred fifty thousand dollars? Well, think about it. Oh, the inflation rate. I know it's just insane. I, it's it's always crazy to me because he wouldn't make the Hall of Fame for another. At minimum, 15 years. This will be my short rant on baseball cards and sports cards in general. And I, I think you feel the same way about this. Like, if you give me 250 grand to spend on cards, I would so much rather buy cards of proven players and proven commodities. Like, 250 grand, you're buying the MJ rookie card. If you give me 200 It might not be in great shape. Focus strictly on cards. I know you're going to say if you have 250 yeah. grand, there's a million other things you could do. And, of course. But I would so much rather have of the guys who are proven commodities than roll the dice on somebody who's a kid. He's 19. Like give me the give me the iconic cards, not the they could be iconic cards. Yeah, it seems like a no brainer. Big takeaway: having mess around money must be a lot of fun, and getting lucky with cards. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he pulled this out of a pack. Injuries uh, to update last week: Dustin May is now on the sixty day injured list with his flexor pronator strain. Uh, scary moment: Willie Thomas, he's on the concussion injury injured list. He was struck with a foul ball in the dugout during Friday's game. Test came back clean, but. Did take a liner off the head. Charo Estrada, 10-day injury list due to a left wrist sprain. Connor Overton for the Reds. He's getting elbow surgery, likely out for the year. 
Danny Jansen of the Blue Jays, 10-day injury list with a left groin strain. Um, and we're going to end the injury with good news still. Today, Memorial Day, we have plenty of set reasons to celebrate and rejoice. Liam Hendricks is back. Liam Hendricks is good. Good rib. Good story. So happy he's back. And honestly, huge for the White Sox. The, the White Sox, I'm not going to say they're surging, but relative to the division, they are surging. Maybe they make some noise now. Eloy just came back. They're getting Hendricks back. Robert's still really good. Sometimes you just need the reinforcements. It's possible. They're three out. Yeah. Three, maybe five. Tweets of the week. Um, I mentioned how the A's PR team had turned on them. The Astros PR team was going scorched earth yesterday uh, on the A's. Uh, one point tweeting, we scored 10 runs in front of 10 fans. Yeah. Harsh but fair. It's re- it really is. They're just telling the truth, and you got to appreciate that, especially given their franchise's history. I'm sorry I needed to work it in there. Um, two weeks in a row, we have a new member of baseball's most exclusive club, the I Killed the Bird Club. This week, it was the Guardians rookie outfielder, Will Brennan, who had a hard grounder that accidentally killed the bird on the infield grass during the second inning Monday against the White Sox. Welcome to the support club. Welcome to the club. Um, players to home. This is a very niche thing. Players to homer against all 30 teams while not reaching 100 career home runs. Jose Guillen, Orlando Hudson, Stephen Drew, and now Martin Maldonado. Interesting. Like, to me, that is impressive. Completely random, but impressive. A lot of uh, not traditional power guys. No. Who played for a lot of teams. No. Sean Manea is the first lefty to throw 80-plus pitches and strike out eight batters in a scoreless relief inning since Randy Johnson did it in July 2021. Garrett Cole, 2,000 strikeouts, is the third fastest in both innings and starts to reach the mark. Congratulations to Garrett. More Bryce fantasy content. Christopher Morrell, youngest player in MLB history to hit nine home runs in his team's first 12 games of the season. Um, he's the first player in MLB history to do that. It's home run every game. This is crazy with the Guardians. This is from Codify. This week, for the first time since August 26, 2021, a Guardian center fielder hit a home run. So bizarre. We've been talking about Bryce Miller a lot lately, and he's given us a lot of reasons to. He had another good start this past week. Of his first 269 fastballs, he's allowed five singles and two doubles. That's it? That's it. Okay. He's had five consecutive outings of six-plus innings pitch and five or few, five or few, five or fewer base runners. Uh, that's one shy of tying the longest streak since at least 1901. The difference is he's done it to start his career. The, Seattle has been... An under the radar. They now have four of the top. Offensively, they have the pitching's been great. They now have four of the top twenty pitchers in the AL in Fangraphs WAR. They got to get those bats around. Yeah, that's how you build a rotation. Uh, Michael Kopech, his last two starts, he's the first pitcher in White Sox history with consecutive starts of seven innings pitched, two or fewer hits allowed, no runs, and nine Ks. More Bryce fantasy content. Shout out to the Orioles social media team for playing the Yankees. Uh, when the Yankees were up big in that Nestor start I mentioned, the Yanks tweeted because the player's going to play, 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 Taylor Swift. And they responded after the win with, and the haters going to hate, 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 hate. Tough but fair. Good social media this week. Uh, Brandon Nemo joined Mike Schmidt, this is from Baseball Quotes, as the only players with two-plus triples and three-plus walks in a game without making it out. It's a good game. Saturday, road teams outscored home teams by a combined 65 runs, the best differential on the road by teams on a single day in MLB history. Not the Yanks. Yanks won that day. Bobby Wood Jr. is the only player in baseball history to have four-plus hits, hit two-plus homers, driving five runs, steal a base, and lose the game. Yeah, Kansas City's bad, too, but they have Oakland, so it's not. It's fine. 
Brandon Donovan of the Cardinals is the first player since 1920 to score multiple runs, score all of his team runs, have all of his team's RBIs, and have all of his team's extra base hits and stolen bases in one game. That's a lot. Entering Friday, the Mariners had allowed an MLB low. Did 30- they win? They won. And MLB low, 34 home runs this season. The Pirates then hit seven against them Friday. The most home runs any team have ever hit in a game against a team that came into the day allowing the fewest in baseball. They have to do some Otani content. 14-plus games with 10-plus strikeouts at the start of last season leads baseball. Um, And with 10 strikeouts and a stolen base in a game, um, he is now tied with Max Scherzer and Nolan Ryan for the second most games of that since 1906 behind my guy Bob Gibson with three. Who knew Scherzer was stealing that much? Not me. Uh, Spencer Strider needed only 61 innings to reach 100 strikeouts, uh, which no MLB starter has done in the 130 years they've had the mound from 60 feet, 6 inches. Greg Harvey, um, rookies in MLB history to have an 8-game span of 12-plus hits, 5-plus homers, and 13-plus ribbies with 8 games as a catcher. Francisco Alvarez, Kenji Giorgino, Mike Piazza, and Rudy York. Luis Severino has the lowest interleague ERA ever with a minimum of 10 starts. Would not have guessed that. From Jim Passan entering Saturday, if Clayton Kershaw allowed 149 earned runs across the plate before he loses another out, he would still have an ERA below three. I don't think he's going to do that, but it's good to know that he can. And last but not least, I want to give a shout out to this better who on Friday night turned a $1 bet into a $14,000 win by picking every game correct on the money line. We should do that every day. One day we're going to get lucky. I don't know when, but one day. I've done that with hockey before. But maybe someday. That's not one day. Any concluding thoughts for this week's podcast as we go into the holiday weekend? No. Or I guess we're ending the holiday weekend. The pool's free episode, so that's something new. Otherwise, uh, uh, it's it's get, it's hot out. So uh, if you if you do it, if, wear sunscreen. Stay hydrated for sure. Um, I'll give a big shout out to the Gaslight Anthem. Thank you for reminding me how much I love you guys. Great to see my favorite band live. And I will give a shout-out to... I don't have any more shout-outs. Me neither. I'll give one more shout-out. I'll give a shout-out to Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker. It was fun to see you go against type uh, in the machine last night and play a buffoon alcoholic's father. I didn't see it, but sounds good. And who you got tonight, Game 7, Boston-Miami? I'm going to go with... I know I've been saying to you for a couple days that Jimmy's not going to let him lose. But give me the fighting Joe Mazes, Game 7, Celtics complete history. I think, give me give me anything but Joe Mazes. <laughs> We're going with the fighting Joe Mazes to end the podcast. With Bryce Holden, my name is Chase Minorski. This is the Underdog Sports Baseball Show. Have a great Memorial Day. <laughs>